Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Friday, May 25. That means all we have to do is get through today, and we will be on a three-day weekend. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. Go ahead and have prayer for us. Yeah. Heavenly Father, just want to thank you that we're coming to the close of this week. And uh, just ask, Lord, as we uh, approach this text one final time before tomorrow, uh, just give us your wisdom, your blessing again, as we reflect on what it really means and how we can apply it to our lives. In Jesus' precious and beautiful name, amen. Okay, once again, I'm reading Romans 1, 18 through 32. I am reading an English Standard Version. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. All right. And so for Friday here, uh, our final recalibrate question before we uh, enter into our services tomorrow is this. What do you think it would mean to have a more prophetic imagination today? What do you think it would mean to have a more prophetic imagination today? And I probably ought to clarify this, right, straight away. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think we need some clarity on what we mean by the word prophetic. And, and I actually had to look it up as well because thanks to uh, Nathan Brown who wrote The Daily Walk, you, you need to uh, read The Daily Walk. It's actually re- it's brilliant this week and uh, it's uh, on boulder.church forward slash daily. He quotes uh, Walter Brueggemann's book, Prophetic Imagination. And inside there he talks about Walter Brueggemann's idea that he says that God has basically through scripture, through all of history, 
given us this future, this, this, uh, this pitch forward, always calling us to use our imagination and to call us to a better place in the future. And so Nathan's saying, you know, when you look at this text here, you look at the, 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 the situation that, that Paul's describing here, what do you think it would mean to have a more prophetic imagination today? What would it be to call a better future for the future? Well, yeah, and what I take this to mean, and in, in the Bible often we think of a prophet as being someone who tells the future, you know, yeah. tells things that they would have no way of knowing. But I think more often a prophet is just somebody who calls people out and tells them what they should be doing differently. So I take it that to have prophetic imagination wouldn't mean that somehow I'm supposed to know what's going to happen a week Thursday, but that no, yeah, exactly. But that I have some vision of the way that the future should be, of the way that Christians, people of faith should be moving and that I would articulate that in some way. Yeah, and I think that's actually important for us to live uh, not only in the present, but actually to be dreaming of what the future could be and what, and Paul is trying to bring us to that place. In fact, this is what the story of the gospel is all about that he talked about, that we looked at last week, um, that he's trying to bring through here and he will bring it to kind of like a culmination by the time you get to chapter 2, verse 16, when he says, look, when God puts everything right and he judges through Jesus Christ the secret things in our heart, um, he's going to put everything back into place. This is the prophetic imagination, the future that he's talking about. And I think we we need to be the kind of people who are creating space for a better future, a better present. Well, I got what I think was a bit of prophetic imagination from the syndicated columnist Leonard Pitts hmm. this week. It was so funny because we were in the middle of recording all of this on this particular text. And I happened to be reading the local paper, The Daily Camera in Boulder, and they, they carry his column. And he actually referred to what he calls the clobber texts. And, you know, I believe it is this passage that we're talking about. And he goes on to, instead, he says that maybe what Christians should look at is Matthew 25, 40, where Jesus reminds his followers that, I'm quoting him, whatever you did unto the least of these, you have done it also to me. That's the quote from the Bible. But then I go on quoting Pitts. It's a random admonition, often quoted, but seldom, it seems, taken seriously by many of us who call ourselves Christians. Um, He goes on to point out that divinity identifies with the least of these. And that means that it's um, the homeless man begging for change at the off-ramp, the immigrant slogging north across the unforgiving desert, the lesbian whacked by a skateboard. He says, unfortunately, faith has become for many people a license to do what is easy demonize the other, that's other with a capital O, rather than an obligation to do what is hard, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. So I thought, you know, that was a bit of prophetic imagination. Yeah, you know, I, I actually, I look at this text and I, th- and I think to myself about who the Apostle Paul was and, and what he actually had gone through himself. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this tomorrow in the sermon. I mean, uh, when I, when I, finalize it all out as, as well here as well but but here's the, the the issue for me as well that I feel that Paul himself had gone through a life where he had seen what it's like to to not be in sync with God and then he 13 years later he writes this letter to the Romans and as he's writing this letter to the Romans I can't imagine him writing this letter as as a as a clobber text as a, as a text to, to go beat people up I see it as a, as a letter to say this is the amazing story of who God is. Well, except just to push back on that a little bit, haven't you experienced that often people who have kind of dredged the depths of life's experiences when they are, you know, quote, saved, 
they sometimes do have a tendency to clobber other people for the very reason that they believe oh, abu- that they abusers know. abusers who become abusers and that kind of um, stuff? Is that that kind of mentality you I guess of? I'm just thinking that often people who have, who have been, you know, big sinners, um, when they do become converted, they're quite judgmental toward other people. And it could mm, be a combination of things that because they know how bad things can be, you know, I don't know, drugs or whatever, they want to make sure that yeah. people understand not to do that. But I think another part of the psychology could be thinking that if you've overcome something, um, therefore it's easy. I think there's lots of stories in the Bible that actually kind of try to address that. And there's a, there's a really famous one where Jonathan um, does something beautiful. This is the son of Saul. Um, and it's ironic that it's actually the son of Saul because we're talking about Paul. And there's a little play inside to all of this. Uh, so you're talking a little about bit King Saul, King right? Saul. Okay. And, and Jonathan does something against the will of his father. Mm. And... and blesses the soldiers and gives them food, eats the honey and all this kind of stuff. And his father flips out, right? And he's just like, he wants him killed. Uh, and even though his son... He has wants been the, his own son killed yeah. for feeding the soldiers well, honey. Well, feeding the soldiers, breaking the vow. They were hardcore in the Bible. Uh, I will say that. Yeah, but actually, the, the story is trying to they teach us... They ate nails for breakfast. <laughs> well, some of them did. Yeah. I think the story is trying to teach us underneath the, the little message underneath is that some people are really not about... The judgment's not about um, the issue that they are seeing in somebody else, but actually the issue that Saul was dealing with himself. And I think this is what this particular passage is trying to bring to our attention more than ever before, saying to us, look, if you, especially if you go to chapter 2 next week, we'll look at this. It actually says in verse 1 of chapter 2 next week, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself. Paul just literally finishes this long tirade and he literally gets into, you're just judging everybody. Just take a chill pill, step back, breathe, and think about making a different future, a future that God had created in the first place. So today, uh, our time unfortunately is just kind of like run out. But today, uh, as you're preparing, as you're thinking about your day, um, I want you to think about this question again. What do you think it would mean to have a more prophetic imagination today. And uh, look after each other, live love, and enjoy church tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.